When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Riley drops back, looks, looks, dances and throws, and he's going deep down the field. Oh, what a catch by Darrell Walker, who skips his way to the end zone. Rebound comes off the boards, two on two Oilers. McDavid has a step to the net, back hitter towards side, scores! Connor McDavid scores both goals tonight and wins the game It's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Are the Edmonton Oilers running out of options to add a defenseman who will upgrade their defense? We will discuss that tonight. A trade today that could impact the Edmonton Oilers. We'll get into that in a few minutes. The Edmonton Eskimos getting ready to face the Saskatchewan Rough Riders at the Brick Field at Commonwealth Stadium on Saturday afternoon. We will welcome Blake Dermott back to the show. The former Eskimo continues to be our in-game analyst here on 6.30. Chad, a little more scouting talk. Getting ready for the draft next Friday. Dennis McKinnis from the International Scouting Service will join us as well. Former Golden Bear Derek Ryan, a new deal with the Carolina Hurricanes organization. Oh, and this will be great. Local kid from Sherwood Park, goaltender Carter Hart of the Everett Silverteps. He was the CHL goaltender of the year this past season. How are you doing tonight? This is Inside Sports, the show with more curves than Kim Kardashian. I am Reed Wilkins. It's 6.07. The Blue Jays looking good tonight. Leading 4-0 over the Philadelphia Phillies. That game is in the bottom of the third. Back-to-back homers in the first inning, courtesy of Edwin Encarnacion and Michael Saunders. 18 on the season now for Encarnacion, 12 for Saunders. The NBA Finals could end tonight. In about an hour, Golden State at Cleveland for Game 6. If there is a Game 7, if Cleveland wins, that'll be Sunday night back in Oakland. The U.S. Open, by the way, play suspended today. Several weather delays, a lot of rain in Pennsylvania. Only nine players finished the round. About half the field, 78 guys, didn't even get to tee off today. Andrew Landry. Three under after 17. He has the lead ahead of Bubba Watson. He's two under after 14. Danny Lee is two under after 13. So uh, this tournament likely to, well, I doubt they'll finish the entire second round tomorrow, probably by the end of the third round, weather permitting, they'll catch up and uh, they'll have a normal final round on uh, Sunday. Of course, you can always reach us. At 780-496-0063, that's the phone number. You can text 630-630. On Twitter, I am at Reed Wilkins. That is R-E-I-D, Wilkins, I-N-S at the end. And the email is insidesports at 630ched.com. Well, the draft right around the corner next Friday. We'll have coverage of the first round for you here on 630ched. We'll start at 4 in the afternoon and we'll be with you until 9 o'clock from Buffalo. And then we're back up with you next Saturday morning, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. for rounds 2 through 7. 
Of course, the Oilers have the fourth overall pick. It seems more and more like they're going to hang on to it. But the priority for this team, and there are other areas that need to be upgraded, but certainly the biggest area that needs it right now, defense. And there's been there have been primarily four names we've been talking about over the last few weeks. Who could the Oilers get? Well, maybe Justin Falk from Carolina. Well, Bob Stoffer suggested about a week ago that that wouldn't be happening. Uh, last night on this show, I had Eric Stevens on. He covers the Anaheim Ducks for the Orange County Register. Hey, what about the Oilers trying to get Hampus Lindholm? What about them trying to get Sammy Vatnin? Needs, certainly, obviously, Edmonton, you know, certainly needs help on the back end. Uh, you know, needs, you know, uh, 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 a, guy, a guy, preferably a young guy that can maybe step, you know, that can step right into a top four role, perhaps even a top two role. You know, so they have the needs, and Anaheim has seemingly, um, you know, in, in excess of them. But this is what we know about Bob Murray, for one. You know, he loves and he craves defensemen, and he loves to have at least eight NHL guys on this roster. He, he He's not just going to part with his defensemen very easily. Yes, they've had, you know, they, yes, they have Baden as an RFA. Yes, they have Hampus Lindholm as an RFA. Um, you know, so he's got to be able to sign them. Um, the thing about it is, is that if Edmonton weren't in the same division, you know, then perhaps, you know, you could see where, you know, maybe it might be easier to make some type of deal uh, or so. But I'm not so sure that Bob is going want to or going to want to, um, you know, deal, you know, so easily with a, a divisional, you know, team, particularly a team that's rebuilding and, and that's seemingly trying to put pieces in place. Um, to you know, move back up in the standings and, and and challenge for a division title. So you know, there's that. Um, and 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 if, if so, I mean, it's not like it's unheard of. I mean, teams within divisions have dealt with each other before. But um, if he does do that, I'm sure that he's going to want to extract a high price. So that's Eric Stevens saying he thinks the Ducks are going to try to keep both those guys who are both RFAs. We're talking about Lindholm and Vatanen, and he's saying. He that Bob Murray, the GM of the Anaheim Ducks, isn't in any rush to help a team in his own division address an area of weakness, even if they're getting a significant player back in return. I'm not saying you can scratch those guys off the list, but you can perhaps draw a firm pencil mark through their names. Now, Mike Chambers, who covers the Colorado Avalanche, talked to GM Joe Sackick about defenseman Tyson Berry, who had a great season. I've been trying to get with Joe for weeks. Uh, Bob McKenzie and those other guys who are extremely tied in up there in Toronto uh, have been saying that they think that the Avs are going to move Tyson Berry, and it's been hard to get uh, a confirmation or a word here in Colorado, but I got it today, and I I don't doubt that um, Tyson Berry at one point was being considered uh, on the market, but Joe told me today that that he's not going to be traded, and uh, he's a RFA with arbitration rights. So, you know, the Avs can certainly uh, keep him and uh, and plan on him, and that looks to be the case. And beyond that, uh, this is a team that uh, Sackick has told my colleague and I during the season, and then uh, Drager and, and McKenzie and those other guys, that uh, no one outside of Nathan McKinnon is safe from a trade. Well, right now, uh, Joe, 
uh, this morning told me that he's very committed to his core group. Matt Duchesne, Gabe Landeskog, uh, Eric Johnson, Tyson Berry, uh, Varlamov and Matt. So it doesn't look like this uh, roster is going to get blown up as uh, – some said a couple weeks ago. Well, I, I find this uh, I find this interesting, and to me, this is this is nothing overly new. You speculate, you speculate, and then often when general managers and teams are actually faced with trading a really good player on their roster, a lot of times they say, ah, "I don't know, I don't know, I kind of like that guy." So there there are four guys: Barry, Vatnin, Lindholm, and Falk. That you thought maybe the Oilers can get one. Uh, That appears pretty unlikely at this point. Now, interesting news today that Alex Galagoski has been traded to the Arizona Coyotes. At least his rights have been because he's going to be a free agent right away. So Arizona gets to negotiate it with him exclusively until the 25th. Then there's that window from the 25th to the 30th where you can talk to the free agents and then you can start signing them on the 1st. Now, maybe Galagoski ain't going to talk to Arizona, but the Coyotes can look at that, can talk to him exclusively for the next, uh, uh, what, 10 days. The Dallas Stars get a fifth-round pick. And I want to bring in Mike Heike, who covers the uh, Dallas Stars for the Dallas Morning News. First of all, Mike, I know a bit of a busy afternoon for you, so thanks for making time for us. Yeah, no problem. All right. So, f- first of all, uh, this uh, this deal here today, uh, Goligoski. I mean, th- as simple as the stars saying, "Well, at least we get something for this player who we weren't going to retain and was going to walk anyway." Yeah, definitely. And and that was, you know, they have four defensemen who can become UFAs. It's a really interesting scenario for them. Uh, so they have four defensemen who can become UFAs, and they had targeted Alex as the one guy they would try to get back. Uh, but uh, I think we've seen uh, uh, Alex will be 31, maybe 32, um, and and uh, we've seen with Matt Niskanen that the price of guys like this is five and a half, five point seven million dollars for four or five years, maybe six years, and the stars just they don't want to commit to that at this point in time, and so they just they they tried to negotiate a hometown discount with Alex, didn't work out, and so they said all right let's let's let him go and. And see if uh, Dave Tippett can sign him. Uh, he was uh, Dave was Alex's coach for the first two or three years. Uh, in uh, Alex was in Dallas, so uh, they have a bit of a relationship. All right. Well, well, that's interesting. And I remember when you and I talked after the season. I mean, you 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 talked about the the UFAD and how you know Dallas has some guys pushing from the farm, and and it could be a, a different looking defense next season. So here here's the thing, because another guy that has been talked about, maybe the Oilers could get this guy, is Jason Demers, who's 28. He's got a history with Todd McClellan. Um, He's been kind of a low to mid-20s point producer most of his career. He did have a 34-point season with the Sharks in 13-14. So there is a pre-existing relationship. So now the question is, does this Goligoski move happening as soon as it did increase the chances of the Stars working a little harder to retain Demers, or do you think he's still going to wind up testing the UFA waters? Yeah, I think Demers and Russell both are pretty much gone. Um, Chris Russell also was acquired in the trade late. He's a UFA, and I think he's gone as well. What they're going to do, as far as I can tell, is they're going to trust the kids for right now and then hope to swing for the fences on one guy. So as it lays out right now, uh, they would have Johnny Oduya back. They have John Klingberg back. They have 
Stephen Johns, who they got from Chicago, who performed very well in the playoffs back. Uh, they have Patrick Nemeth and Jamie Alexiak, as guys who could battle for the third pair. And then they're going to bring in Essa Lindell, uh, who was their best defenseman in the HL last year. He's 22 years old and will play for Finland in the World Cup. Uh, so they believe he will step in and, and be a NHL-ready defenseman. Almost, you know, Jim Nill always uses the word overripe, and they believe Essel and Bell is overripe to become. So that group right there gives them six. Uh, if they were to keep Jordy Ben or they would swing for the fences on a, on a really high-end trade, um, then they, that would give them seven right there. Okay, well, so that's interesting. So Demers obviously is going to be is going to be a possible target for the Edmonton Oilers. Give it, give us, give us your scouting report. I mean, we've seen this guy, but give us your your scouting report on him specifically from this last season, where he's at now at the age of uh, well, he just turned twenty eight six days ago. Yeah, he's young. He's good. He uh, has a little bit of an edge for you know not a huge player. Um, his biggest problem is inconsistency and. and Specifically, inconsistency is that when he makes a mistake, it seems to stick in his head. And then he either tries too hard to overcome it or just goes into a shell and doesn't do enough. And so, you know, that was the biggest problem for the Stars. I think uh, Demers and Russell uh, played on the third pair in the playoffs, and their, their analytics were really bad. Um, and, and I think either they didn't fit together or it, you know, both of them just got a little bit nervous. Uh, so that would be the biggest issue for him. I, I like him, though. I, I think he's actually a guy who could help you on the power play, a second unit guy. Um, and, and I think he does. He has an edge to him. Um, and he's, his personality is fantastic. Like if you're looking for somebody to break up the room and be a little bit funny, kind of a Brent Burns Jr. type, uh, that's Jason Demers. He's great with the media. He's great with his teammates. Uh, so, yeah, I think he definitely could be a player who could help you out. Now, you know, he's not going to be a guy who's going to be a great shutdown defender. He'll be good, but he's not, you know, he's, that's where he's going to have his troubles in his own end. Right. So you're saying on a really good Dallas team, he was on, on the third pair. So if he were to play on, a, on an Oilers team that isn't as good defensively, he's probably one of your top three defensemen. I think, he, yeah, he could be in the top four for sure. Yeah, okay. And, and again, the right-handed shot's a big deal. Uh, the Stars actually traded uh, Brendan Dillon to get him and, and – Gave up, you know, a lot of years in age, well, not a lot of years, four years in age, uh, and a lot of size just because uh, Demers was right-handed. So, yeah, finding those righties is a tricky thing out there, right? Now. Okay, Mike. Before before I let you go, Demers coming off a deal where he was paid um, the average annual value of the deal was was three point four million dollars. We all know that twenty eight year old hockey players aren't looking to make the same that they made the previous year. <laughs> um, I mean, the Oilers are paying Andre Sekera $5.5 million per season, and look, he's overpaid, but the Oilers needed to to do that. What do you think the Mares looks for? Is he more in the $4.5 million range? Do you think he's going to try to push up upwards towards five? What's realistic for him? I guess the marketplace will decide that and what kind of bidding war he can get people into or his agent can get people into. Every time I've ever talked to Jason, he really – his dad was a coach. He grew up in Quebec. Uh, he just – he loves hockey. And so when you talk to him about this kind of stuff, he's like, I don't care. I just want to play hockey. I leave it to my agent. My agent knows what a good deal is and what isn't a good deal. So I'm just going to try and play hockey. 
So I do believe if he finds the right fit and he's happy and, you know, you bring up McClellan, I think that would be a, a great help for him. You know, then I don't know that the numbers will be that big of a problem. Um, again, uh, you know, it depends on, on how much he trusts his agent, how much his agent thinks that there might be a better deal out there someplace else. Uh, but every time I've ever talked to Jason Demers, he doesn't concern himself with the money. He, I think he believes the money will be there. Money is good for a hockey player, and, and he's not going to quibble over $500,000. That's what it takes to get him in the right place. Okay. Well, uh, the the storylines just continue to mount at this time of year. It, it's going to be fun. Thanks for uh, the breakdown of, of what Jason is like and certainly what the Dallas Stars are, are likely to do as we move into the summer. Mike, I know you had a lot of writing and interviewing to do in the uh, in the afternoon. Are you, are you posting something soon with some Jim Nill quotes? Uh, I just posted with Alex Goligosky quotes. I just got off the phone with Jim Nill. So, yeah, I should... I should hope in the next 20 minutes have something up with Jim Nelson. Okay, we'll look for it. Thanks for fitting us in there, Mike. I'll see you at the draft, okay? Okay, we'll talk to you soon. That is Mike Heike checking in from the uh, Dallas Morning News. He covers the Dallas Stars. Speaks highly adjacent to Mares. Um, you know, I think pretty realistically about how he fits in. A little bit of an inconsistent player, um, but certainly uh, a good player who uh, seems to bring a pretty positive attitude to the rink and uh, and carries himself that way around his teammates. And he thinks the mayor is no way he is back with the Dallas Stars. So maybe that's where the Oilers' bullseye shifts. We will continue discussing. The phone number is 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Mark Letestu and his father, Garth, were in studio last night on Inside Sports. Really enjoyed that discussion, one of our uh, Father's Day-themed segments as we move along this week on Inside Sports. Of course, if you missed that, you can go to 630Ched.com to the Inside Sports page and get the interview tonight. This will be fun. Uh, we have... Craig and Mark Cordy from the U of A Golden Bears football team and Brent Cordy, former U of A football player and current coach with the team. So that'll be pretty fun. A dad who played for the Golden Bears is now a coach and two of his sons who are proud Golden Bears. All right, 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. Brendan Ulrich from Oilers Now is going to pop on with me after the 630 News. Drew Remenda. Part of the Oilers broadcast on Sportsnet, of course, used to cover the San Jose Sharks, has this to say about Jason Demers. I hope that happens. Um, Jason's a, um, he's a good defenseman. He's not Tyson Berry, and, he's, and he, I don't even think he's Justin Falk. But he's a good veteran defenseman that knows that you have to move the puck quickly and get your butt up ice, which he can do very well, skates well, plays hard. Um, is an unbelievable person and a great teammate and is, to me, the type of personality that the Oilers could definitely use in that room because he does keep it loose, yet he keeps everything, everybody's energy up. Um, I would love to see Jason Demers there. I know Todd and Jay and, and Jim Johnson love him. Um, they've you know, had him for years in, in San Jose. I'm a, I'm a huge fan, plus he's a right-handed shot. Um, so... I'm a I'm a big fan of Jason. It would not disappoint me to see him wearing uh, an Oilers uniform next year. It's it, he, and you made that may be the guy because it, it is a free agent deal. All right, there's some thoughts from Drew Remenda. You can let me know yours, of course. Brendan Ulrich's going to hop on as well. Yeah, heavy speculation, of course. It is June 16th. Inside Sports on Chet. 
Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Matthew Panashik obviously is the studio operator tonight as he has every Oilers goal song in history memorized. It is 6.34. The Toronto that's my Blue favorite Jays, one, by the way. That's your favorite one, the Imperial March. The Blue Jays cruising tonight, up 8 nothing, Fourth inning against the Philadelphia Phillies. Encarnacion and Saunders homered back-to-back in the first inning. Encarnacion with four RBI tonight. He's now up to 60 on the season. NBA game starts in about half an hour. Andrew Landry leads the weather-delayed U.S. Open. Some other notes from today. The L.A. Kings have named Anze Kopitar captain. He replaces Dustin Brown, who had the C for the last eight seasons. Carolina re-signs goaltender Cam Ward. Two years, total of $6.6 million. He's the only Carolina player left from their 2006 Stanley Cup championship team. The Hurricanes also uh, re-signing Derek Ryan, former U of A Golden Bear. Spent most of last season in the minors. He played six games in the NHL, scored twice. Derek's going to be on with us later on tonight. Vancouver re-signed Sven Berchi, two years, $3.7 million. Had 15 goals last year. Of course, he was drafted by Calgary, 13th overall in 2011. All right, so... Uh, some interesting discussion, some interesting speculation about what could happen, who the Oilers could pursue on defense, and we're going to bring in Oilers Now producer Brendan Ulrich. Brendan, how's it going, buddy? Oh, not bad, Reed. What about you? I'm doing well. Uh, it, it is an interesting time of year. I mean, I mean the, the four names that you thought maybe for the Oilers, Vatanen, Lindholm from Anaheim, uh, Barry from Colorado, and Falk from Carolina – Safe, I mean, for everything you're hearing, safe to say pretty unlikely one of those guys becomes an Edmonton Oiler. Um, I don't know. I'd say there's still a chance maybe Barry. I know uh, we had uh, Mike Chambers on Oilers now earlier. I know you were on the clip on your show. I still think something's fishy there. All of a sudden, it seems like Sackett's sort of backtracking. Like, we're hearing all these rumors about Barry, all these rumors about Duchesne. Then he comes out and says he's happy with his core, and we're going to build around these guys. So maybe he's just sort of uh, trying to back those players and maybe he realizes he shouldn't go around throwing all these names out there because it's biting him in the butt a bit here. So I, I still think maybe, Barry, there's a chance. I mean, his agent will have a say in this, don't you think? He wants a long-term deal, and if they aren't willing to give him five and a half, six million dollars $6 maybe they'll be forced to trade him still. Um, so I think he's still out there. Uh, and then Demers, I still think, is an option, despite uh, what uh, Arizona and uh, Dallas did today. So there's that. I don't think the sky's falling as much as uh, a lot of Oilers fans think right now. Right? It's three days into free agency. It seems like uh, a lot of Oilers fans are panicking, saying, why isn't Shirelli pouncing on this, pouncing on that? Most of those deals will happen at the draft or you know, after the draft. So let's, let's remember Shirelli traded for Talbot at the draft, uh, Reinhardt at the draft. It seems like that's when he's willing to make all these moves. So I'm not panicking yet. If I was an Oilers fan, I wouldn't be panicking. I still think there are some options. And maybe it it involves getting a bit creative on the trade front, such as maybe taking back a contract you don't that another team doesn't want or whatnot. 
Um, some of those names you did mention, though, it does sound like they're off the market, so I get there, why there is some panic. Uh, but let's let's just wait and see what happens here. Well, I, I still believe that the Oilers will not acquire, and not because they wouldn't want one, because who wouldn't, but just because of the reality of the situation. I, they, I don't think they will get a top-pairing defenseman. Or at least a guy, you know, who 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 has that that reputation. I mean, I don't think the, don't you know how you know how I feel about the Subban situation, right? I mean, yeah, right there, I don't, people ask, I still I'm still getting texts about Shattenkirk tonight. That's that's not happening. So I I think what they're going to have to do is is they're going to have to do defense by committee. They're going to add a guy. Let's say they add a guy of. The Hamannick Demers quality. Okay, he's not a top pairing guy, but he's good enough with the puck. He can skate well enough, and he can defend well enough. Fair enough that they get somebody like that. Okay, and then you have Sekera. You have the new guy who shoots right. You hope for improvement from Nurse Clefbaum. You hope for improvement and health from Nurse Clefbaum and Davidson. And then you have Fainer Griba. So I know Griba's unsigned. If they bring him back, you have somebody like that. As uh, as your number six, and that's probably going to be your D, and that's a D that's not a lot better. I don't know if it gets you into the playoffs, but I, I just even if they give up one of the six million dollar guys to go get somebody, I don't know how much better the defense can get because, like I was saying in the first half hour, often once teams are actually confronted with life without one of their best defensemen then they usually don't want to pull the tri- trigger on that deal. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Um, I, a lot of these defensemen we've been talking about aren't, aren't first-pairing defensemen to begin with. So I think if we're talking Subban or one of those guys, sure, but those guys aren't getting traded. So we're in a second tier here, and maybe the Oilers need to uh, go down to a third tier and look at maybe if they get the Mares, that's a second-tier guy I would I would put him in the second tier, but if they get Demers, and then they, of course, Demers is more of a defensive defense, and so what if they traded for a guy like Dennis Wideman from Calgary, who is one year left on his deal, um, I'm assuming Calgary would be willing to part with someone like that, maybe that's a bad example, because maybe Calgary doesn't want to trade Edmonton, but someone like that that can, you know, provide some offense where Demers doesn't bring that type of offense. If you add Demers, a Wideman, maybe you resign Graba to be your 6-7 guy, um, things are are not great, but <laughs> it's better than what we had last year here in Edmonton. And plus, as you mentioned, you have a healthy club bomb, and you hope he develops more into that first-pairing guy. Whether we like it or not, it looks like he'll be that guy for the Oilers. He'll play the most minutes, and you just need to hope that he keeps developing. Uh, in terms of Nurse, of course, more experience for him. Uh, McClellan wrote him a lot early, played him a lot of minutes. You hope that he learns from that. Um, you know he's going to get stronger and smarter, so there's that. Um, yeah, like you mentioned, <laughs> in terms of these teams trading a defenseman, uh, I've been talking about this whenever I get a chance to host the Oilers now, whenever Bob's been gone a lot here in the summers, just saying, like, it's harder than you think to get these defensemen. And maybe Sackett's the perfect example with Barry. Maybe he is not available anymore because, yeah, he was throwing his name out there, and he's like, okay, how do we replace this guy? There's all these defensemen being talked about, but in the end, we're not going to get someone 
like a Barry. And if they were going to trade Duchesne, maybe for a Truba, I know that was out there, something like that. Are they really going forward or are they going backwards? Because all of a sudden they're losing Duchesne and Barry, and they're bringing in someone like a Truba. So I don't know. It, it, it's harder than we think um, to, to get a top defenseman. And maybe, like you say, it's defense by committee. Look at Pittsburgh. They have that number one in Latang after that. It's a lot of guys that just play the coach's system and they do it well. So you hope that these guys on the Oilers are buying into Todd McClellan's system and you hope Clefbaum can sort of emerge as a top-pairing guy, which for the most part he was last year. Maybe Davidson takes another big step. Maybe Osterley takes a, a Davidson-like step. Uh, he certainly looked like he may be uh, heading in the right direction here in the end of last season. So there are some options. Uh, I don't think it's free-fall mold for the Oilers this early in the offseason. We'll see what happens. Brendan Ulrich joining us inside sports on 630. Chat. some text to 630-630. Uh, uh, once Texter says, why don't you trade Ryan Nugent Hopkins for Matt Dumba? You know, Dumba's, D- Dumba's an interesting one. I, 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 will, I will give you that. I, I mean, uh, what is he? Uh, he is 20. He's going to be 22 by the time the season starts. He's coming off a 26-point campaign. I mean, maybe something like that could happen. Um, we've got a couple people writing in, offer sheet, offer sheet. Well, <laughs> you know what? If if the or I mean let's say this offer sheet would be I believe the range is likely going to be between about three point eight and five point six per season million you'd have to give up a first and third round pick right yeah so I mean the Oilers as you as you know Brendan have drafted pretty high in the first round a few times <laughs> to, to to try to pluck another defenseman from another team. Would they would they sacrifice some picks to add that guy? But we don't see a lot of offer sheets, and when we do, I mean, the last couple I can think of were matched. Right? Was Penner the last guy to actually change teams on an offer sheet? It can't be. Um. Yeah, I think so because uh, there was the O'Reilly situation with Calgary, and there was Weber with Philly and Nashville. And Weber before that, yeah, yeah. So I mean I don't know I mean I don't know why it seems like GMs are reluctant to use the the offer sheet thing and maybe it's because they're afraid of that team coming back at them um, in the future but I this was uh, Mark that texted it in I understand what he's saying um, well yeah getting creative might be an option so there's that uh, I don't know if I see an offer sheet happening um, you mentioned Minnesota. And the Dumba thing, I don't know if Minnesota would trade Dumba. I do think they would be looking to move a, a Brodine-type defenseman or someone like that. I, I think uh, Dumba just fits what uh, Bruce Boudreau is going to want to do in Anaheim, play a, you know, an attack-style game, and they have the defenseman that can bail them out with a shooter who always plays, and you know, Dumba, I think, can fit in there nicely. But maybe they try to trade out a Thomas Vanek, sort of like uh, Chicago has uh, done with Tara Vinen to get rid of Bickles' contract. So maybe they trade Bannock's contract, and then it involves maybe dumping a Brodine in the process as well to maybe get back some draft picks. So maybe that's what I'm talking about when I, see, when I talk about get creative. And I think that's what Shirelli may be, be looking at right now. We just saw that, of course, with, with uh, Chicago and with the expansion draft, stuff like that uh, may be in the works with GMs around the league. Well, and that's the thing. There's going to be combo moves, right? So yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's the the. There might be one trade that looks unbalanced that the Oilers wind up making, but then maybe another one that that uh, that evens it out. Uh, Brad says, "Do you think the Oilers should trade a late pick to get the Mayor's rights, like uh, Arizona did today for Goligoski? 
Well, well, I mean, I I think you do that if you're really, really sure you're going to sign the guy. Oh, remember when the Oilers did that a couple of years ago with Nikita Nikitin, Brendan? <laughs> um, well, I signed the guy, but I don't know if it worked out for the for the better. Of the well, team. of course, it didn't. It didn't work out for the for the better team. I, I mean, I think if the Oilers were to pull off a trade like that, they, they would know that they're going to be able to to lock him up. Um, I, I the thing is here, you wonder about the McClellan relationship, right? If, mm-hmm. if the Mares goes to market and says, hey, I really like playing for Todd McClellan, um, I, I see promise there in Edmonton or something ex- excites me about the team. And if that's already, I mean, I know there's that negotiation window, but we also know people talk and word gets through the grapevine. If that ball is already rolling, then you may be able to get them without bothering giving something up, Right. So that's fair, but maybe if uh, you get his rights now, maybe it saves you five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. If if you get it right now, yeah, that's fair. Uh, Yeah, but you hear Drew Remendis say Todd McClellan loves the guy. Uh, I know Drew's pretty dialed in, so that makes me think. Okay, yeah, maybe the Oilers would have interest in the Mares and a lot of interest. All right, Uh, Mike in St. John says according to. Uh, a uh, website, the Oilers should have almost uh, $16 million in cap space. If you add in Yakupov's and Lander's contracts, it'll go over $19 million. Well, those guys are still under contract, though, so, I mean, if they're traded. But he says, so why not sign Yandel, Demers, Okposo, and Brower, draft Sergachev for a future number 1D? Would things really be so bad? What about the RFA offer sheet for Vatnin or Barry, draft Kachuk, and Ricks the next uh, two or three first-rounders? All right. Well, that's a lot of ifs. I mean, look, if you can sign one or two good free agents, um, I think that's fine. I, uh, Mike, I understand what you're saying, but I think you're getting ahead of yourself with Yandel, Demers, Ocposo, and Brower. And quite frankly, I don't know if Shirelli's a huge Yandel guy, quite frankly. So I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He would help the power play. I'm, I'm not sure what he would cost, if it would be worth it in terms of him playing uh, the Shirelli or McClellan style. Maybe. I mean, he's another option that's out there, so I wouldn't put it too, too bad. Um, you mentioned Sergachev there. That might be another option. Maybe they trade down and they bring in a, an NHL defenseman by trading down um, a few spots. Uh, I like Kachuk a lot. I, I want the Oilers to draft Kachuk. Uh, but at this point, maybe to get that top defense, you need to draft him. And from what I've heard about Sergachev uh, from Rocky Thompson, is that he might be that guy. He could be a first-pairing defenseman. Uh, but there is a risk with that. I don't think there's much of a risk with Matthew Kachuk. I think we know and expect what we're going to see from him, and that would be uh, a first-line winger that can maybe complement McDavid very well. So my first choice would be for the Oilers to draft Kachuk. Second choice, maybe to trade down and uh, bring in a Sergachev. Uh, so if they don't get a defense in like a Demers, or maybe if they don't think they can sign a Demers, maybe they trade down at the draft and try to sign someone, or try to uh, draft a Sergachev or someone like that. All right, a couple more. Know, there's lots of options is what I'm getting at, so don't panic yet. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you know people are going to panic. That's yeah, part of the fun of being a sports fan. It's um, fun watching all the people on Twitter panic. That's for sure. Paul says, I'm most concerned about getting a second goalie for the team for a year or two while LB gets experience. Who's the best goalie out there this summer? I, I kind of was uh, spitballing Anton Kadobin yesterday. His numbers weren't that good. We got a listener in, uh, in uh, Kentucky who uh, follows the Nashville Predators quite a bit, who said he really likes Carter Hutton, 
who only played 17 games last season and had a 9.18 save percentage, which isn't bad. He is going to be a, a free agent, and he is 30. You know, maybe. Is Hutton, is Hutton better than Kadobin? He probably is. Uh, played on a different team, obviously. But uh, they're, they're going to need somebody in that mold to give Talbot a little bit of a challenge and be reliable behind him. Maybe, maybe, maybe they do yeah. look at Hutton. Yeah, that's a, an option. There's also uh, Chad Johnson out there who played decently for uh, Buffalo at times last season. Um, just trying to think who else. Maybe a James Reimer, although I think Reimer might cost uh, the most out of all the available goaltenders in free agency. So maybe you don't want to pay your backup as much as Reimer commands. But he looked pretty good in San Jose after getting traded there from uh, Toronto. Uh, I think Al Montoya is a free agent. That would be another guy who played pretty well in uh, place of Luongo. So there are options, uh, and I wouldn't write off Hudobin as well. I think he might be an interesting option. I think uh, a couple years ago he was a highly sought-after goaltender. Um, he sort of bounced around lately, and uh, I think uh, in Anaheim it just maybe wasn't the best fit for him because I think deep down Anaheim always wanted to bring Gibson up, Gibson up or Gibson up at some point and get him into some games. So I'm sure Hudobin was always looking over his shoulder, and maybe that would be the same situation in Edmonton with the Brissois on the minors, but. You know what I mean. Well, and I, I, I always that always factors in. I mean, you got to remember we're dealing with actual, real human beings. These aren't video game trades, right? And that's why you wonder with Kadobin about the relationship with Shirelli from Boston. I mean, that's why Lucic and and Edmonton are linked when there's speculation about him. That's why we've talked about Louis Erickson in the past, right? Especially if guys had a coach or a GM that they were successful with, right? And that's why, and I know San Jose didn't win the Stanley Cup, and and, McCle- and McClellan carries that stigma. But that's why you circle back to a guy like Demers because San Jose still won a heck of a lot of games, right? With Demers would have won a heck of a lot of games with McClellan and his coach. Um, I, as you know, Brendan, I cannot read every single trade proposal because too many of them come in when we start doing something like this. So I'll just thank people for their ideas. We read a few. I'll finish off with this. A question for you from Topher Allen. Does Brendan think Goldberg is returning? If so, good or bad? I don't know what that means. <laughs> well, I, t- I didn't know Topher Allen was a wrestling fan. I'm assuming if, he, if he's heard that rumor that he is. Um, yeah, I think uh, basically uh, Goldberg signed on to be a character in a WWE wrestling game and that happened with Sting last year and then eventually Sting I guess got signed and bought it in the WWE so a lot of people assume that maybe Goldberg would do the same so I think it would be good why not bring him back for a big match uh, it would probably sell a lot of uh, tickets and maybe some subscribers to the network so so why not all right Brendan, thanks for your time, buddy. We talking about Goldberg. Yeah, well, we touched on a bit there. Well, we didn't even. Are you on the sidelines for the Eskimos game? Are you doing that gig for another year or two? Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, it should be uh, an exciting, exciting atmosphere on Saturday uh, at the Commonwealth Stadium or on Brick Field at Commonwealth Stadium. Got to get that right before I uh, take the airways with uh, Dave and Morley. I hope. Uh, I hope Chris Jones remembers you. He always loved talking to you at halftime, didn't he? <laughs> Yeah, uh, it'll be a different relationship with uh, Jason Moss, I expect. But, uh, no, Chris was always good to talk to. I mean, he, sometimes he was uh, he didn't in the game, didn't want to talk to you, but usually he uh, gave you his time and usually provided you with some insight. All right, Brendan, thanks for your time, buddy. I'll see you tomorrow. Okay, thanks, man. Take it easy. That's Brendan Ulrich checking in. He's uh, hosting Oilers now again tomorrow because Bob's away. We're going to do a quick timeout here. It's Inside Sports on Chad.
All right, good to have Brendan Ulrich on the show. Yeah, he's working the Eskimos game on Saturday. It's on 6.30, Chet. 12.30 pregame show, 2 o'clock kickoff against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Second and final preseason game for Green and Gold. We'll have the whole schedule for you here on 6.30, Chet. Blake Dermott is back as our analyst. He's coming up after 7.05. Blue Jays still rolling, up 8-0 on the struggling Phillies. That one in the fifth, the NBA game about to start. We'll keep you updated throughout the evening. My name is Reed Wilkins, Break from the news, and we're back with Blake. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.